Welcome to Sin 315. We're here to encourage and equip Christians to engage in the adventure of sharing Jesus with those that God puts into their life. And we're so glad you're here. Matthew, we're back in our happy place. How are you doing, man? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing so good. We had this thing in Foothills called a ministry fair. Mm-hmm. So the Scent 315 is one of the booths there just to get people riled up about sharing their faith and everything. And it was just so much fun showing people how to load a podcast on their telephone. Yeah. That was interesting because I'm not that good at it. <laughs> it's interesting how good people are with their technology, huh? Yeah. And if you translate it, like with my generation, it's kind of like radio, but you can listen to it anytime you want. It's right. amazing. And I tried to enlist my 13-year-old grandson to help with the technology, and he didn't show. So I want to thank Cassie Perkins, a brilliant, funny woman, for helping everybody get it on their phones. But overall, there were so many people that said, yeah, I want more information about working at Youth Venture. Yeah, I want some more information about transcribing sermons, people who haven't had anybody helping them for so long. Anyway, I just loved it. I yeah, loved the it. ministry fair was cool. Yeah. Definitely. Was this the second one we had? Well, we had one long, long time ago. This is the second year in a row coming back together anytime we're together oh it's so fun and rebaptizing pastors no that was very fun it's called a dunk tank yes <laughs> rebaptizing pastors i love it yep well enough about us matt we have a special guest today Woo-hoo! yep somebody that i've been pursuing for a while in this and trying to get our busy schedules together and once again this is one of those episodes that we could shoot far past 30 minutes because oh, yeah. Every time I have a conversation with Linda Hoffman, it is deep, rich, and funny. So, Linda Hoffman, welcome to the show. Good to be here. Very good. We're going to talk about one of our favorite subjects today, God encounters and the amazing things that God will do when we are willing. And I just want to share one thing about you with everybody listening. We have a quiz, an evaluation on the website that everybody can take, and I encourage them to do it, that gives them an understanding of what style of evangelism, what style of communication they're strongest in. I got a friend named Joe, and he is confrontational and intellectual, and sometimes there's landmines that he steps on because he wins the argument and loses the soul, and they don't want anything to do with (laughs) Jesus when they're done talking with Joe, but he's learned through it. And then Jenny, who has been on the show, our friend Jenny Steckler, she's very relational. And she has admitted that I'll know your shoe size, your favorite coffee drink, and what happened last Thursday, but will sometimes not penetrate to deep, important stuff. And she has to look out for that, and she does a great job of it. But Linda Hoffman, Matt, was the first person of hundreds and hundreds of people that have taken this test that literally was great at every style of evangelistic communication. Really? Oh, yeah. And and unfortunately, just reminding the audience, it's a (laughs) self-evaluation. So that might say that I add some pride that I needed to overcome. Or maybe she cheated off of her (laughs) husband Mark's quiz. Or maybe she's just brilliant. (laughs) And she is. I totally agree with that one. So I think you had a sober estimation of yourself. Well, I sure knew that the Lord said, wherever your feet walk, you could proclaim that the kingdom of God has come. That he said, when you enter a room, like when Jesus entered a room, the atmosphere changed in the room because he was about the Father's business. So he made a claim that I was thinking, is it true? 
can I walk into a room and know what the father's doing? So that was part of, if it's true, then maybe I could hear God. And Paul, following in the footsteps of Paul, he said, you know, pretty much as much as he could, he became all things to all people. And that comes, I think, from a sensitivity to the Holy Spirit, what needs to be done here. And you and I have discussed all sorts of stories in the produce sections of a grocery store or a Costco and all of that. Before we get into that, which I think will be really helpful for folks, you weren't born a Christian, were you? Did you actually no, give I, your life to the Lord at one yes, point? Yes, I did, but I was born into a strong Catholic family, and I am thankful for my Catholic heritage because I learned a lot about God and I believed He was real. But they never talked about giving your life to Christ. So on the day a friend introduced me to this life of Christ, I remember thinking, you can know God? Like, how do you know God? God was somebody way in the distance. So I asked her, how do you know God? And she began to say, pray this prayer. And I thought, okay, I'll pray that prayer. And something changed on that day. The joy of the Lord filled me. And I was suddenly very interested in God in the Bible. Didn't want to leave my Catholic background, but now I started reading it. And so I began to really learn who he was that I didn't know. I used to walk out to my mom, mom, did you know Jesus was coming back? And she'd go, yes, honey, I did. <laughs> so I didn't try to leave my faith, but eventually Mark and I married, he was Lutheran. And so a whole new Protestant world opened up. Yeah. But I was, a, I gave my life to Christ at 13, the summer between junior high and high school. So now I'm leaving my old school, my old Catholic friends, entering public school, and the God encounters were tremendous and a little scary. You're trying to figure out, who am I? Where do I fit in? Two things on that. First of all, if we're conscious of God's real, and God's still moving, and God's still working, and you can know God, you can have that conversation like you had with somebody when you were 13 years old, you can have it now. You know, God's real. What we've felt, what we've touched, what we know to be true, I want to share with you. And the other part of it, as we talked about coming on the show, I don't think I mentioned this part, so this is a little off notes, but one thing that I'm amazed by is the legacy of your family. So you're 12, 13 years old, and you've got a trajectory, and you're going a certain place, and you encounter God, and it changes everything. I was talking to one of your nieces, who we just hired as an intern. It's Jas Jasmine's daughter. And I stopped her. It was at the ministry fair. And I said, I've got to tell you something that I'm just blown away by, that I lived long enough because your mom was an original gangster intern and she was awesome and she still is. But you're following in the footsteps of your mom. And it is incredible to me. I am so excited. And she didn't know any of this, evidently. And she was just so giddy, like, wow, that's so cool to hear and everything. And so the trajectory of you giving your life to the Lord and other members of your family changes the future. And it's incredible. Because it gives, everyone is asking the question, who am I? Where do I belong? And as soon as that question is asked, whose am I? Yeah. Then this joy and purpose begins to fill him. So that was what happened started in high school. The whole El Capitan High School is asking themselves, who am I now? Who am I becoming? And there's the word of God telling me who I am. And I'm excited about that. 
So now we're answering the question that everybody's asking. So they start to follow someone who looks like they know where they're going. And I'm just following the word of God that says, follow me. And so this little train begins, which shocked and amazed me. So learning to hear the voice of God and love people in that path drew them to him. Mm. Linda, we set this time up a a while ago. And I know that you've had time to think, what would be the important message that I could get across? What do I think God wants me to share with people? So what are those most important points that if you were sitting here listening to you talk, what would you think would be most important to hear for our people? Well, this is about evangelism, bringing the Word of God. So the first thing is people want to know, how do you hear God? Does He speak? Because He sure doesn't speak to me. You know, that they want to know. I'm not going to talk to anyone. I'm not going to have the courage if I don't believe I can hear God because there'll be rejection. People say, I don't want to hear. One big thing that lie that comes to Christians is the people out there don't want to hear. They're not interested. And that is a big yeah. fat lie. Agreed. They don't want to be preached at. Yep. That's what they don't want. They don't want you to come and and not be invested in them. So what I learned was that when you become interested in people, you just love the people. Don't try to be evangelistic. Just ask them about their lives. Meet them. What about this? How, and you, as you ask people about them and you become interested in them, and people are fascinating even when they're bad, like what they did and why they did it. I remember talking to a girl in high school, and her life was horrible, and I said, do you like living that way? And she said, no, (laughs) but I don't know any other way to live. I mean, there the kingdom of God opens the door. And in that moment, I didn't know what to say. I remember there was the door wide open. I was probably 15 and I didn't know what to say. She was actually a hitchhiker I'd picked up because Mm. God made me pick her up. Those were the days. Anyway, it was to me, I remember thinking, I don't know what to say. I don't know what to say. And then I dropped her off. And I remember pulling over and crying and saying, God, I don't even know what to say. And that was a day I thought, I need to know what to say. And that's when I began to pursue more, what do you say to someone? So I believe that was God telling me, you don't have the answers. God wasn't disappointed in me. He was opening my eyes to say, why don't you start knowing what to say to people? And so first of all, just becoming interested talking to them, their problems come up, and they ask you, what would you do? And then you say, well, I would do this, and they say, why? Well, because Jesus said to do it this way, and my experience has been, Jesus's way works. Every time I do it his way, it works. I'm not then preaching at them. I'm just invested in their life. They can take Jesus or leave him. It doesn't matter. That's not my job. My job is to tell them what God has done for me. God's job is to convict them or open the door wider. So I don't have to feel good or bad. I'm not on a trajectory to lead them to Christ in this moment. I'm simply to open the window a little wider that God is really good and he has something for them if they're interested. I remember a story about your neighbors that I think is, a, is an example of this. Can you share that? Yeah, I had a dream one night. So I had this African-American family that lived next to me, and they were older. Walter was 90, and he couldn't hear. So one night I had this dream, very, very short dream, in which the Lord comes to me. I don't remember seeing his face, but hearing his voice saying, I'm ready to take Walter home. 
but Walter's not ready to go. <laughs> and then I woke up. And I remember thinking, what am I supposed to do? Walter can't hardly hear. You know, we would have convoluted conversations with Walter as we took trash out at the same time. Hello! And he'd go, what? We'd be yelling at each other. <laughs> and I'd smile, but you couldn't really talk to Walter. So I'm sitting in bed thinking, God gave me the dream. Is there no one in their family that has spoken to them about God? We live on a really busy street. It's a little difficult to get to know your neighbors. Nobody's sitting mm -hmm. out in the front yard. There's too many busy cars. So I'm thinking, what does God want me to do? And even if I talk to Walter, he can't hear me. And so I just started thinking there was no more revelation from God. I thought, well, I'm just, it's God's job. My part is to speak his word. It's God's job to open Walter's ears. So even if he doesn't really hear or understand, maybe like it says in the scriptures in the night seasons, when deep sleep falls upon the sons of men, the Lord opens their understanding. Well, the Lord, I present the word, which he said is living, active, powerful, pierces in the, to the division of the soul and the spirit. That's not my job, it's his job. Amen. So I grabbed my Bible, went over and knocked on the door, and Walter says, hello. <laughs> I won't yell, but this was what we, I said, hello, because what are you doing here? So I go in with my Bible and I said, I had a dream. And he said, oh, what? And so that's kind of how this went. And I'm speaking to him and I see he has a Bible on his shelf. So I just began to tell him, God told me he wants to take you home. You're not ready to go. And so I asked him, I just simply said, is there anything that stands between you and God? And he said, probably. <laughs> <laughs> this is awesome. I have not wow. heard this version this of this rad. story. And I basically told him God wants nothing to stand between him and God so that he can spend the rest of eternity in God's kingdom. What he understood or didn't, I realized was not my job. So I finally grabbed his hand and said, can I pray with you? And a big smile, he said, yes. So I just began to pray. Did you pray loudly? Yes, everything was loud. <laughs> if you had been there, you would have laughed. I am laughing. <laughs> <laughs> so I finished praying with Walter. And at that moment, and I just committed it to God. I did my part. God gave me the dream. Could it be that I was the only person in their whole entire extended life that was going to speak the kingdom? That seemed odd, but he gave me the dream. And the minute I finished the prayer, the door opens and in comes his 70-year-old daughter. And she says, who lives there with him? She said, what are you doing here? And I said, well, I had a dream. God came to me and I tell the dream. He said, Walters, I'm ready to take him home, but he's not ready to go. She sits down, starts crying. I bet she did. And she kept, she goes, God, talk to you about us? And she cries. <laughs> and cries. She must have said it 15 times. God, talk to you uh. about us? So then I lead her to the Lord. So God uh. loves you so much. He wants Walter to be forever in heaven. And I just said to her, is there anything that stands between you and God? He wants you too. And she just wept and wept and wept. Anyway, she ends up coming to church with us. She gives her life to the Lord. She gets involved in this podcast because of her age in which she's being discipled. None of those are my job. I didn't really think I'd lead them to the Lord. The Lord just kept opening this door. Mm. And so you step in, you commit the word, and you let God bring the word to fruition. Yeah. 
And a life of obedience is an adventure like that. It is. You know, when you say yes, then watch out because things happen. So let me just share another. So trying to figure out what's my part, what's God. So I learned anytime I'm out, if he says, wherever you walk, wherever your feet trod, proclaim the kingdom of God. He said that to the disciples. So I would say, okay, I'm your servant here in this place. If there's anything you want to do or say, here I am. Let me hear your voice. And most of the time, nothing would happen. Because if you pray a prayer, say, 365 days a year, and 10 times something happens, well, that means 355 times nothing happened. And one day I was thinking, you never speak to me. I was saying, you never speak to me. And I was thinking about Moses. Moses was, we think, everyone thinks God spoke to Moses all the time. Well, he's 120 years old. And I think for 40 years after he killed that person in Egypt, he was all alone in the wilderness until we know of one time God spoke at the burning bush. So let's just say he didn't hear God for 40 years. Could be. (laughs) And then if you add that, I started to think, well, God actually didn't speak to Moses every single year. I'm just thinking, okay, he doesn't have to speak to me every time. But anyway, I walk into Verizon and I need my cell phone fixed. And there's tons of people. They give you a number. You're standing there. And I can't play with my phone because it's broken. And I overhear a conversation in which two Verizon reps are speaking to a man, look kind of down and out in, in his 30s or so. He's inadvertently pushed a button on his phone that gave him extra data and charged him 50 bucks. He didn't use the data. He doesn't want to pay the 50 bucks, but Verizon, and I'm kind of in and out of the conversation because there are a lot of people in store, but Verizon will change the button and going forward, he doesn't have to pay, but he has to pay the 50 bucks and he doesn't have it. And I'm sitting there thinking, this would be a great PR moment for Verizon right now. Like, just cancel his day. You've got millions upon millions, maybe billions of Verizon. Yes. And all of a sudden, I hear a voice in my head that says, you have 50 bucks. I thought, I have 50 bucks. And I opened my purse, and sure enough, I have $50 cash. Exactly. It was like the Holy Spirit was saying, you could fix this problem. And all of a sudden, I'm thinking, wait a minute, this is my <laughs> this, this is, is my personal. Hard, hard-earned <laughs> $50. Maybe Verizon knows he pushed the button, and he's trying to get out of, right. but I'm thinking, wait, stop, stop. Well, this could be a good PR <clears throat> moment for Jesus. <laughs> so before I talked myself out of it, yeah. I thought, just do this, just do this, which is a little embarrassing. So I walk up. I have to insert myself into a private conversation. And I just said, do this really fast before you talk yourself out. Assume that God wants you to give. It's all your money's anyway. It's not your mine. Everything I have, I'm a steward of what God gave me. So since I'd been kind of in and out, not really listening, I said, would to the guy said, would $50 fix your problem? And he looked at me and said, I'm sorry, am I taking too long? Are you next? And I said, no, no, not at all. I just was kind of overhearing and it seems to me like $50 will just take care of it all. He said, well, yeah. I said, well, and I'd already pulled the cash out because I'm going to do this real quick before I embarrass anyone. I said, well, I have $50 and God loves you so much. He wants to take care of this problem. God is taking care of me wants me to take care of this for you. The Verizon reps stand up, put their hands in the air and go, whoa, and they both back up. I'm thinking, is this so strange? It's like, you know, enter the kingdom of God into a situation. The guy goes, I I can't take that. I can't take that. I goes, well, actually, yes, you can, because I'm going to walk out of here and I'm going to lay it there and you can give it to them if you want. But, and he said, well, can I have your name and phone number? Can I pay you back? And I said, no, God just wants you to know he really cares about you and your problems. 
And I just walked out the door. I didn't stay because I didn't want it. I wanted my phone fixed really bad, but it would have been awkward. I thought, let's just not, let's just let him take the money and let God interpret this for him. It's not my job to lead him to Christ. I don't know if he knew God and is angry at God and not walking with God. Maybe he prayed a prayer, please help me. That's all God's to define for him. My job was to give him my money, which is really God's. The funny thing is, you know, it says it's more blessed to give than to receive. I am more blessed by what happened there than any time someone gave me $500. I remember this more because it was so neat. Everyone watched me leave. (laughs) I'm thinking, I don't know what God did, but I'd love to see that man in the kingdom someday and say, remember that time when you did that thing? So it's fun. It's way fun. And there's another element of it that's really important as well. So the very basic is... Okay, Lord, I'm yours. My stuff is yours. Uh, you show me an opportunity and then give me the courage to step into it because it can be weird sometimes, right? Yes. But the other point for people is giving God the credit for it, saying God's done so much for me and he wants to help you too. He cares about you too. So then you're not getting any glory out of it. You're just being obedient and vanishing. And I always, I've said several times on the show, I always want to hear the other person's version of the story. Yeah. There I was in Verizon and I, they, those guys, they wouldn't <laughs> waive the $50 fee. And then an angel sent by God gives me $50. Whoa, that's weird. So you never know how he's going to use it. And so many times you don't see the fruit of it right then, but you just be obedient. And this is important to me. Sylvia has told me many times, she doesn't tell it as frequently now because she thinks I I might've gotten it. But when we have these stories like this, she said, Kevin, sometimes the people that are listening to the stories go, yeah, but that's not me. That's Linda Hoffman. That's Mark or Drew or Kevin or whatever. Those are evangelists. It's not that way at all. I categorically refuse to believe that. These are regular human beings getting prepared so that they can have some answers, right? Number two, saying yes to the opportunities that God gives them. If the people that are listening just say, I want to do that, Father, help me to do that, It can change a community. It can change a nation. If you take the pressure off yourself that I have to have all the right answers, I just can't. And a lot of times, I don't even know the answers I need until the question comes up in which I cannot answer it, right? Mm -hmm. But the other thing is, if you just love people, in the end, when you ask, what's my purpose for today? It's to love someone. No matter where I am or what I do, I ask the Lord, who am I supposed to love today. So whether you're working a machine shop, you have a job to do. There's people around you and people have problems. So I just say, I'm willing to, if you open the door, speak into that problem, but not speak too long because people turn away from you. People will get turned off. Oh my gosh, all she does is preach. I don't want to hear. But if you just a little for a moment, for a second, open the door because they can't figure out what to do. And the Lord has the words of life. So here I am at 60, more convinced than ever, no matter what people try, it doesn't work in relationship. 
in life, they have problems and they really want out of their problems. So let me just tell you just another counter, speaking of problems, how quick and brief it can be. So I walk into Walmart, pray the same prayer. Lord, if there's anybody here. Now, I'm really busy. I have a big shopping list. Anyway, I, I didn't really want to talk to anyone. <laughs> <clears throat> but I'm in the produce part, and I'm just trying to get to the asparagus. And in between me and the asparagus is this Arabic woman who works at Verizon. There's a spill on the floor, and she's cleaning up the spill, and she starts talking. Don't come here. Don't come here to spill. You fall. I fall. I break my knee. I have problems with my knee. And she's just talking, talking, talking. She won't stop talking. I'm just kind of trying to get away from her to get the asparagus. <laughs> and all of a sudden, in this midst of her nonstop talking about her problems, and then that the knee problem led to this, and my son not at home, I'm thinking, why is she telling all this stuff. She has a problem. And all of a sudden, I felt like the Spirit of the Lord. I thought, Lord, are you just problem after problem? And I just stopped and I looked at her and I said, could I pray for you? And she stops everything. This sudden stillness happened. Looks at me, puts her hands together and bows her head. And I think that means yes. <laughs> yes it does. Now, there's people around. So I don't want to embarrass people or Doing all I know is this lady has a lot of problems, so she says, "Pray, I might lose my job today." I thought, okay. She closes her hand, and I'm—I always have a principle: don't pray longer than forty-five seconds. This is their business, their job. Don't take more than you need. The minute I start praying for, I don't know what it was—like a cone of silence came over us. Wow. It's like the kingdom of God was suddenly there. I was just wanted to ignore her and get to the asparagus. And the minute I just said, can I pray, this cone of signs, everything went away into the background. It just went away, and I started crying. The love of God for this woman overwhelmed me in that second. Mm. Everything changed. I'm crying, and I just start praying, God loves you so much. He cares about your knees. I pray for these knees. The words were there where they, in that moment where they weren't there before. When the Lord says the Holy Spirit will come upon you, that had been my experience. He just does. I'm crying. I'm praying. I just have my hand on her shoulder very gently, telling her how much God loves her and praying that she would have a job and praying for her son. In 45 seconds or less, I'm all done. And slowly this cone of silence moves away wow. and all of the noise of the store comes in. And she stares at me and she says, what was that? <laughs> and I wipe you know tears. I said, that was God. God loves you. And he drew near and she grabs me and hugs me. Thank you. Thank you. Three times she hugs me before she takes her mop and has to go. And I walk out of Walmart filled. I went in to get asparagus. Did you get the asparagus? <laughs> I did. Okay, good. But I walked out with wonder. I guess with yeah. wonder, like, Lord, you just came. I wasn't aware of you, and then I was aware of your kingdom right in that moment. So it gives you encouragement yeah. to pray the prayer and have faith that he'll do something or not that day. Yeah, because we Can, work for him. He doesn't work for <laughs> right. us. So, so just on that, when I say or not, one day I was walking into Costco and I said, Lord, if you want to use me, and I thought, but I'm really tired. Please, can I don't, I really don't want to talk to anyone. And it's like I heard, it's your day off. I have people everywhere. Now I'm in Costco looking around like, who are God's secret agents? <laughs> like, are there sleeper cells in here? Who are they? I wonder if that person. Yeah. So I'm in. Who's on the clock? <laughs> who's on the clock? <laughs> that brings some rest to 
to it. I really agree with you. I have found so many times, and some of the times that the Lord has spoken most clearly to me is, Kevin, you do your job. I'll do mine. So you love that person, that specific person really well. That'd be enough work for you. <laughs> You'll be occupied with loving this person. And then just watch what I do. And so we don't have to worry about him not coming through. He really is in it. He really wants to do it. I want to ask you, Linda, so for folks that go, okay, I want this type of lifestyle. I want this type of flavor of this experience. How would you encourage or coach a person who hasn't been engaged like we're talking about? So what would be the steps to get there? Okay, so the Bible says faith comes by hearing the word of God. So if I don't have faith, I don't even want to do this. If I don't believe that God loves me and loves people, <clears throat> I don't like people because people are hard. I just don't care about them. When I have faith, I believe that God cares about them and that he wants to speak. And his word says, I will speak through you. He says, plead with them on my behalf, be reconciled to Christ. So for some reason, God has decided to be invisible and to some degree quiet until enough humility comes into someone that they begin to say, I don't have the answers anymore. All my answers are failing me. Where do I find new answers? And then God inserts someone from his kingdom. So when I'm, the only way for me to grow in the faith, to trust that God wants to speak is to be in his word. If I'm watching the news all day, I don't believe God's doing anything. And I'm full of fear, and I hate people, and I'm angry. So you have to build a reservoir of the Word of God in your soul by just being in it. Every morning you wake up and you read the Word of God. And by doing that, you're building this reservoir. A reservoir is set aside for future use. Mm. So I would say God doesn't speak to me every day. When I do devotions, he doesn't say things. I'm 60, so if I tell you I heard the Lord, what I usually mean is I heard an utterly foreign thought, like in that Verizon where the thought came in, you have 50 bucks. I had no intention. I didn't even know I had it, and I didn't have intention to give away my stuff, this foreign thought, more yeah. noble, more kind, and more giving than I ever intended to be in the moment comes and says, will you do this? But it ha starts with that reservoir of the word of God. So you're building this water that's sitting there ready when the Lord says, now give. So you have trust and faith because the word's there. And then when God speaks, you know You've learned to hear. This is this God wants me to do this kindness that isn't in my natural nature. God yeah. wants me to give, which isn't in my and then this joy. It's better to give than to receive. This joy comes because a confidence comes. But if you're not a student of the word, you probably aren't gonna do it because you don't care a lot. And that was one of my first prayers. I realized I didn't care all that much. Yeah. And I should care. And that was my first prayer. I need to care more about people and love people. Is there any final message that you think is really important for the folks that are listening to this? A final message that 
God intends you to be filled with love and joy. His intent, like when Jesus walked the earth, says he was a, he had sorrows, he was acquainted with grief, but he was filled with the joy. He did what he saw the Father doing. And so therefore, no matter what was happening around him, what bad things were going on, he simply looked to what God was doing with him in his life. He wasn't worried about everybody else around him. He just said, what do you have for me? And so I think that as you seek the Lord and say, I don't care if I'm outgoing or I'm introverted, everybody has a place where they belong and where they live. And so as you just pray, here I am, I wish to be your voice. Just say, I don't have a lot of faith. Look at yourself and say, I don't have a lot of love. With evangelism, I was in a group of people who were praying with all their hearts, this prayer meeting, all of their hearts for their neighbors and their friends. And I remember sitting there as they're praying thinking, I don't care like they care, Mm. and I should care. And that was when I thought, I should start praying that I care. And so I don't know at what point. I just started praying. I don't care. And the scripture said, it is God that works in you the will and how to perform his good pleasure. There you go. So I thought, I don't have the will. I don't care. So if God will give it to me and I care, I'll start to do something because now it means something. So I would say, I, I believe the word. He said, ask me to make you care. And one day, it was probably a couple months later, I'm with that same group and we're all praying and I'm crying for the lost. And I'm thinking, hey, I care. (laughs) I care. I care. Look what God did. So wherever you find yourself careless or thoughtless or not having joy or not having love, that's when you go to God and say, I need more of your word in me. Make me care to read. Make me care to invest so that your spirit can fill me. Because that was his promise. I will give you my spirit and you will go in my name, and as my disciples, you will set the captives free. You will proclaim my kingdom. You will bring sight to the blind. So can I finish with one more just neat story? Yeah, I'd love If to. that's okay. Sure. So in, in the midst of learning this, I was in a thrift store, and I got, had grabbed a bunch of stuff. And I was thinking, I need to go. I just need to get out of here. I have work to do. I shouldn't really be here. I was walking by. You're spending too much time. Put everything down and just go home. And I couldn't. I couldn't. I had all the stuff in my hands. I couldn't go home. And I thought, do you have a shopping problem? Like, is it, you can't, why can't you leave right now? And all of a sudden, I heard the cashier talking with the girl in front of her. And I heard the cashier say, you need to go to a good church. And the girl said, well, I don't know any churches. And the cash, she goes, where do you go to church? And the cashier said, well, it's a Spanish-speaking church. You speak Spanish. And the girl says, no. And then the cashier raises her arms and goes, well, there must be a good church somewhere around here. <laughs> All of a sudden, I just started crying. I thought, that's why I can't leave. Wow. And I walk up and said to the girl, you know, God must love you so much I mean, because I'm sitting back there trying to leave the store. And I think angels kept me here because he wants to answer your question. And then I told her, I know a good church and God cares. And it was just really cool. So these God stories happened simply because you built a reservoir. Yeah. You began to love because he put his spirit in you. You prayed when you didn't love. I heard someone say one time, God is up to something and he wants to include you in it. Yep. 
I'll tell you what, let's just close with you praying for the people that are listening. And, and I know so many of them want exactly what you're describing. Okay. Lord, you promised, I will never leave you or forsake you. You said, I will put my spirit within you and you will walk on my behalf. And we know that you love. And so I pray for all of those that are saying, I really want God's stories in my life. I want to hear the voice of the King and I want to walk in his will. And so I pray right now, Lord, I just bind unbelief and doubt that comes from a lack of faith. And I pray that you would put a hunger and a thirst in the hearts and minds of those listening that says, I need more of you. Help my unbelief. And Lord, that you said was a prayer of great faith. You love the one that said, help my unbelief. And so we pray that you break the hold, give them a hunger and a thirst for your word, and that you use them as your hands and feet because you are good and you change us. Amen. Amen. I guess the question is, who does Jesus need me to love today? That's the real question. That answers so much. There we go. Thanks for being here, Linda. I love and respect you. You're welcome. Bye-bye.